0: On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, I'll discuss the Pacers bringing back Rick Carlisle for his third stint with the team. And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers, talk to individuals on and around the team, and tell you what you need to know. Well, Thursday was a very interesting day in Indianapolis with the Pacers getting a deal done with Rick Carlisle to come back as head coach. A little bit of a surprise. I tweeted out a week ago when Carlisle became available, I thought he was a no-brainer for Boston, for their situation, which is much more in a win-now mode. Uh, It would allow for him to go from a star in Luka to rising stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to work alongside another brilliant man in Brad Stevens. But instead, he goes with familiarity, with comfort, uh, with a little bit of home. Um, And I think he values that. He values owner Herb Simon. Uh, He values his previous relationship, of course, with Larry Bird. That's how he came to Indianapolis in the first place. Rick Carlisle joining Larry Bird's staff in 1997. And back then, uh, is something you might see him do here with his team in the Pacers. And that's, uh, again, and still kind of a coordinator system. It's something that was completely lost on Nate Bjorkman last year. He tried to do everything. And when you do that, you don't get anything done well. Um, And so when he was with the Pacers in 97, the late Dick Carter handled defense. One of the greatest defensive minds in the game. That's directly where Dan Burke learned from during their time together. And then on the offensive side of things, it was Rick Carlisle. And that's why with Larry and being his first Time as a head coach. He was more manager, more CEO, more of a delegator. Uh, he was obviously the team spokesman and, and all things like that was the one calling the timeouts. But so many times in the huddles, you saw maybe Rick Carlisle take over when they needed a bucket, etc. And so he's going to have to fill out his staff here. I'll be curious to see how this Dallas Mavericks uh, replacement goes. It looks like it's all going towards Jason Kidd and what kind of staff he'll want. So, hey, maybe there's a chance he brings part of his staff up here to Indianapolis with him, which provides even more comfort for someone like Carlisle, who has built a staff, built a comfort and a reputation and an expectation with some of those coaches he's been with for years down in Dallas. Because after leaving the Pacers as a head coach in 2007, and that was just Carlisle and the Pacers going in completely different directions, right? Uh, he had won 61 games Back in 2004, is the best season in NBA franchise history. They had done so well and were pushing to win an NBA title, to get Reggie a title, but then the brawl happens, and yeah, that's a podcast on its own. Lost more games the following years, and it was just a time to change the image, to rebrand. They drafted different type of players, and uh, again, just going in two different directions, and it didn't feel like... After the brawl, that he got a real shot at it. And so maybe this is coming back for some unfinished business, too. But it wasn't just comfort as well, by the way, for Rick here in Indianapolis. His wife was a doctor. Her daughter was born here, Abby. I think she's 17 and uh, probably doesn't remember anything about their time in Indianapolis because the Carlisle family has been in Dallas since 2008, paired together with of course Mark Cuban the, the IU guy himself um, but I think my gut feel down there too was they wanted different things and to go in different directions and you know sometimes uh, relationships fail you and in, in that case you know Rick can come here to Indianapolis he can have a little bit more control certainly than he did in Dallas where he, I'm sure by now you've read the stories about you know Donnie Nelson out as the leader of the franchise uh the front office I should say and Carlisle was the coach they got this analytics and and gambler type guy uh, running things behind the show and then of course Cuban one of the most influential owners in the league that's not the case here in Indianapolis Herb Simons very hands-off he hires smart people to do their job and gets the hell out of the way except maybe in this case now because they were embarrassed over the last year and so hiring Carlisle Brings instant credibility to the locker room. He brings instant credibility to the franchise for fans. They know who Rick Carlisle is. I didn't even know very much about Nate Bjorkgren, And I was following and covering a coaching search last year. So it's very hard for fans in their own right to get excited last year about a coach that they've never really watched that's unheard of. That they only know because of Nick Nurse and that he's his side guy. And so... Here you you bring in Carlisle, you got credibility in the locker room with the team, and that's huge because that locker room was was rough last year, both from a, just an energy standpoint, a togetherness standpoint. COVID certainly has some issues and all of that, but honestly, again, and this isn't any a thought that is new. I said it last fall. You don't make the change during the pandemic unless things were just miserable, terribly uncomfortable, unable to move forward, and I think that was a mistake by Kevin Perchard in the front office to move on from Nate McMillan last fall. I don't want to uh, litigate it um, and all that, but you are already on the hook, by the way, for his contract last year. So just stay with it. And what we've seen with Atlanta, too, he instills confidence. He instills toughness. He instills accountability. He's done all of that, and he steadies the ship. Well, what did the Pacers need this year? They needed accountability. They needed somebody to level things out. And so it didn't feel like a roller coaster type of season, but it did. I didn't mind the bold take going with a first-year head coach. I like that because how special would it be for the franchise and a first-year head coach to grow together, to be there together, and hopefully it's the start of a a longer-term partnership. The reality is coaches are hired to be fired, but in franchise history, usually they'd all been given at least three, four years, right? You look back at some of the Pacers coaches and Rick is the 16th coach in franchise history. 15 if you don't want to add another line, I guess, for him. I don't include Mel Daniels, by the way, who is an interim coach for just two games. But Carlisle, 181 wins, 5th most behind Slick, behind Frank, behind Larry Brown. And Nate McMillan has more wins than Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas, but that's mostly because One, he had that 61-win season, and also he coached for four years, whereas both Larry and Isaiah were Pacers' head coach for just three years. But to my point leading into that, yeah, Pacers have always given their coaches at least three years, Nate didn't get that, and that's because it was just that bad of a season. Rick arrives with championship-level experience, and that was one of the items near the top of the list for Kevin Pritchard uh, as he was surveying candidates last season. Uh, Nate Bjorkman was an assistant with Nick Nurse as they won a title a couple years ago. Well, Rick won a title, obviously. He had Dirk Nowitzki, a Hall of Famer, on his roster. They won that in 2011. Helped Cubes, Mark Cuban, get his first NBA title. But since then, have not had much success in the playoffs. And so that's where the Pacers and Rick can come together and kind of break that slump that both uh, he and the team have been in. The Pacers have not advanced past the first round of the playoffs since Paul George, since 2014. Since that time, they've missed the playoffs on the front end and back end, so 2015 and then this past year, 2021, and they had made it five straight years before this most recent season, but that's nothing great. That should be the bottom-line expectation to reach the postseason. Now we need to see them move forward, and yes, injuries, and it's what been well-documented, What impacted the Pacers this past season? Injuries, Nate Bjorkren's coaching style, lack of togetherness, lack of practice time, all that. I think that will do this group wonders. And if there aren't a lot of changes, you're bringing back 12 players on the roster. They're already under contract for next season, including all five starters, including Jeremy Lamb, your sixth man. I can't imagine they'll completely run it back. Do you really want to see that either? you got to make one change, and I'll get into that probably in another podcast. But let's go back to Rick because you can't question his coaching, the X's and O's part. If I went to you and asked what current NBA head coach do you want to coach the Pacers next, whether it was this year or I did this experiment a couple of years ago, I guarantee you that there will be many votes for Rick Carlisle. There probably would have been some for Greg Popovich, Eric Spolstra, Steve Kerr, obviously Brad Stevens. But that shows you what type of coach, too, the Pacers are getting here. Um, the know-how, the the been there, done that type of guy. He has an incredible pedigree, well thought of, great X's and O's, great ATO's. Here's another underrated factor, I think, in Rick. He's not going to force anything onto his team, onto uh, a system. He's going to create a system around his roster. Get the difference? Adapting towards his roster, not forcing them into something specific. That's huge, and and that's one reason... I like him. It's a no-brainer for this Pacers team. And this was all done over the last few days exclusively with Kevin Pritchard. I was able to connect with Rick Carlisle a few hours uh, after the news got out. <laughs> he was catching his flight, so it was a shorter talk. But he was really excited about the opportunity with the Pacers and, and what is in store here. Quote, situation with upside. I like the roster and the skill set of teams. Um, This wasn't a situation where Donnie Walsh and Larry Bird jumped in and pushed it over the finish line or anything like that. I talked with both of them yesterday. Unfortunately, Larry didn't want to do an interview. That would have been good just because we haven't heard from Larry in so long. At least in more than a year, I think, is the last time he's been out there. Um, But that's Larry. He can do what he wants. He wants to be quiet. He wants to be uh, away from everybody on his campsite. Uh, just being him, and good for him. I don't blame him. He has earned that, but he was the one that hired Rick. He's obviously a big fan of Rick, so this does have the backing of both Larry and of Donnie, and that's huge, too, because they were not involved a year ago. They weren't gone to by the Pacers' front office and by Kevin, and I think that was a big mistake. They were both on staff as consultants, as advisors, and you don't lean on them, on their experience, on individuals who have been there, Uh, both as coaches and as front office people. And I think that was a case of Kevin making his first hire and wanting to do it completely on his own, wanting to own it. And boy, did he. That was a complete mistake hiring Nate Bjorkren. Clearly, didn't work out. And I think he learned from it because one of his first calls this summer after moving on from Nate was to Donnie Walsh. And they talked about, potential candidates. He offered some of his thoughts. I'm writing about that coming up on FieldhouseFiles.com because I had a long conversation with Donnie. He always enjoys talking about hoops, people, but it was Kevin Pritchard on the phone talking with Rick Carlisle at the early parts of this week before they got to the draft combine in Chicago. That's where the Pacers had planned on conducting their first interviews, but plans change when individuals change and uh, people become available. And so it was last Thursday when Rick Carlisle suddenly resigned from his post as Mavericks head coach. And Rick's not stupid. He's been the president of the uh, National Basketball Coaches Association for 15 years. He's a leader among the coaches, if you will. So not only is a leader of men and of his roster, wherever he is, he's a leader of coaches. They seek him out for advice or how to go through things. For example, well, yeah, you got to believe that When Rick clearly wasn't happy or wanted to go separate ways with the Dallas Mavericks, that he could call around to just about almost every organization and has a great agent. It's funny, he shares an agent uh, with Terry Stotts, with Mike D'Antoni. So they got a heads up that things were kind of leaning this way as well. I also don't want to skip past the commitment level here from ownership because it is substantial. Four years, $29 million plus incentives. That's more than twice the annual salary of Frank Vogel or of Nate McMillan. Don't know exactly what Nate Bjorken was making, but I don't believe it was in the three million range. First year head coach probably looking at roughly two and a half. And by the way, the Pacers are on the hook for that this coming year. So let's run through it a little bit, right? So at minimum, Rick Carlisle making roughly 7.25 million this year. Add in another at least two and a half for Nate Bjork. And yes, some may get offset if he returns to Toronto, maybe on Nick Nurse's staff, which is probably most likely in all of this. Roughly just for coaching, Herb Simon and the Pacers are on the hook for $10 million just for head coaches. Not staff, not support staff, purely head coaches. That's significant. First of all, yes, it was a mistake with the first one. You should never be paying two coaches at once. But in this case, it's ultimately one step backwards to move three steps forward. And that is what they're doing in this situation. And yes, it is a big financial commitment and it's going to allow for more responsibilities and and more say from Rick Carlisle. To what extent is unknown right now, I, I remember talking with both, I don't know, Nate McMillan and Frank Vogel about, say, their involvement in free agency. And there was a very clear line of distinction. Free agency, that's the front office. Don't even ask me questions about that. That's for them to handle. Now, if they have any player personnel questions, I'm happy to answer it. That's for them. Now, when the season is here, that's me. They give me players. It's on me to figure it out, to put them in the best position to succeed. Well, I think that barrier is a little bit removed with Rick, and that's another reason why he was willing to come here. As it was described to me A day before this deal got done, that they were trying to push it over the finish line. I was told that they were potentially giving Carlisle the keys to the kingdom. Well, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But it extends to the fact that, yes, if he wants a player to stay on the roster, that'll probably happen. Or if he needs a player moved, or he does not want a certain player in free agency, he has that power. And I think, honestly, more than anything, he's deserved that. I mean, he's been an NBA head coach since 2000. And so you kind of earn that. It's a place where a first-year head coach or a guy in his first stint does not have that same opportunity. We'll figure out playing style, what he wants from defense. Does he bring in a defensive coordinator here in the coming days? On the other side of things, I think they also need that player connection guy, uh, the guy that brings everything together. Because Rick Carlisle's not anyone that's going to put his arm around his players and baby them uh, and tolerate insecurities and be dominated or anything like that he's going to coach them fair he's going to coach them firm going to be hard with them and that's honestly what good players want they want to be challenged and pushed if they don't that's when you start wondering about things but I saw uh, reported that Brian Shaw would probably remain the head coach of the G League at night team but how perfect would that be I don't know if they even have a previous relationship but A guy like him, at minimum, is what this roster needs. A guy that, number one, has playing experience, that is a former player, can speak player. And Rick, by the way, can't. He won a title as a player with the Boston Celtics. That's where he knows Quinn Buckner and where he knows Larry Bird, those relationships. So yes, it is a little bit of the Pacers tapping into an old relationship here. But they also need that guy on roster that is very good with the players. Maybe it's Jamal Mosley coming with him from the Dallas Mavericks because it looked like he would be a favorite for the Mavs job. But with that presumably now going to Jason Kidd, you got to wonder, you know, does M- Mosley feel disrespected? Maybe they pay him higher salary and they keep him on because of uh, his reportedly good relationship with Luka Doncic. That's a whole different conversation as well. But they need a former player, a guy that can pull guys aside, that connect with him. I can't tell you how many special times it was after practice seeing B. Shaw challenge guys like G. Hill, like Paul George, like Lance Stevenson, and have a great time uh, with them and push them and tell stories, hey, this is how Kobe did. That is invaluable experience and such that is just remarkable. And so that's another thing that they have to uh, look to address with this coaching staff. But to wrap this short kind of emergency podcast up, I really like the higher... Because, number one, it restores the credibility after an embarrassing year. And I think that's all you need to know. Herb Simon, Steve Simon, clearly were embarrassed by how this last season played out. And so you see an overcorrection. And that's always what happens, right? If you're a defensive team, things aren't working out. Oftentimes, they hire an offensive guy. What did we just see in the previous year from Nate Bjorken? You go from Nate McMillan to Nate. The offense, generally speaking, was good last year. Played faster. Played faster. Moved the ball, assists were up, scored more, but the defense was atrocious. And so after you hire Rick, after you hire a coaching staff, and you start figuring out what you want to do in free agency, the next item on the agenda is restoring where they were defensively because that was what the Pacers hung their hat on. I'm not going to use the old cliches like Kevin and many others like to do with the hard hat and the lunch pail and those types. I hate that discussion. What was it, blue collar, gold swagger? I hated that tagline. That was a rough one. But many rallied uh, behind it, and that's because they had the defense. They had the the hard-nosed type of guys. Well, the defense was non existent this past year. When they played the Wizards and lost every single game, they gave up more than 132 points in every single game. They gave up an average of 140 points per game to the Wizards. What are we doing? That's embarrassing, and I think... Again, that's why Kevin Pritchard had enough, made the change, and brought on Rick Carlisle as Pacers head coach. Uh, Right away, you'll see that accountability and, again, that credibility come from him and, and quite honestly, too, Kevin felt pressure. He has a very good relationship, I'm told, with the Simons, with Herb, with Steve. They talk almost daily, but that doesn't mean uh, he's got to prove himself to them and To the fan base, quite honestly, who it feels like fans are kind of 50-50 on him. And that I understand because there have been a lot of great moves, primarily via trades, but the drafts have not been good. Free agency, see if you can improve there. And then, of course, hiring Nate Bjorkren was a big X. That was a big failure. And you move past that. You're going to make mistakes, by the way. You have to admit that. And he did, and that was a good thing. And so I fully expect for him to be here at least a couple more years. But after that... Who knows? Um, Because I know there's other things going through his mind. And also, I think he would like to see nothing more than for Chad Buchanan to potentially take over and become the team president. I mean, Chad's clearly his guy. Uh, It was the case in Portland. And I think that would be something that would interest both of them. But uh, we're a couple of years down the road there talking. Rick Carlisle, Pacers. Head coach now. Haven't signed the agreement, by the way. I thought that was telling, but the right thing for the Pacers to do. Using the language like I did earlier in the day that they had reached agreement with him. That's because, you know, they're off doing things, a verbal agreement. Uh, You got the draft combine going on. Do not expect to hear from Rick this week, probably next week after this draft combine. Same goes for Kevin Pritchard. And then they'll move forward. But this should be exciting time for Pacer fans. A good reset for Pacer fans. And so I, I'm glad I could jump on here and get a quick podcast up for you. I'll have another one in the coming days and uh, weeks to come here. As it's kind of a huge shift in what the Pacers are looking for and the direction they are headed now under Rick Carlisle. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fieldhouse Files podcast. If you haven't done so, subscribe to my written work at FieldhouseFiles.com. Not only can you be a free sign-up, which all of you should do no matter what, it would mean a lot to me for you to sign up and be a paid subscriber as well. You benefit as much as I do. For me, it's my full-time job. It's what I'm dedicated towards doing. That's my only income. That's why some of these podcasts have been lacking, quite honestly. I don't make money off podcasts. The podcasting world is uh, is very rough in terms of financials. It's Not everybody is Bill Simmons here. So most of my thoughts are at FieldhouseFiles.com, so you can subscribe there. Not only support my work, but get content you're not getting anywhere else, like this past week. Uh, O'Shea Brissett opting out of playing with Team Canada. Or my conversation with Nancy Leonard about representing the Pacers at the draft lottery. And by the way, Pacers held serve have the 13th pick in the upcoming NBA draft. Did not move up there, but a lot more to come as well uh, at fieldhousefiles.com. That'll do it for this episode, and I'll talk to you again soon.